0: Humans, birds alike. Welcome to the Film Alchemist Podcast. Yeah, mostly birds. The show we take, the movies we love, break them apart, to find out what gives them their magic. I'm your host, Josh Griffey, joined as always by my friend, co-host, and the most thirstiest lady who's ever lived.
1: (laughs) Alex Dandino. Good lord. All
0: right, guys. Before we just get swarmed upon a little bit of business, People! It's official. Your friends here at the Film Alchemist are on Patreon. That's right. Patreon.com slash Film Alchemist pod. The absolute best way to support the show. The absolute best way to make the show exactly what you want it to be, what you deserve it to be, right? So for as little as a dollar a month, you get it. Join the community. See what we're doing over there. If you're able to, you climb the Highlander tier ranking systems and you can actually select the specific movies you want us to cover in a patreon exclusive library so we have yeah an exclusive library you get a vote on our two exclusive uh, extra episodes every month we got commentaries many uh many shows coming out right we got lots of good stuff on the feed so again that's patreon.com film alchemist podcast it means the world to us uh those of you who support us thank you very much thank you for those of you who are about to as well The YouTube channel is Film Alchemist. Subscribe over there. You can see our faces uh, and hear our voices together. It's a powerful combo from the gods. You can email the show, filmalchemistpod at gmail.com. Find us on all the social media you're on. We're easy to get a hold of. We love to hear from you guys. And uh, make sure something easy you guys can do. It takes a second. Leave us a rating and review wherever you find the show. On all the platforms you would find the show Helps us out, helps us defeat these uh algorithmic avian tears that are fucking with us. Or humans. Uh, so that yeah, or humans. They're both just not great, as we learn. Uh, but you know, we want to reach all of them together, right? Our bird overlords, we wanna do a show that you like as well. So yes. five stars rating review wherever you find the show. <gasps> Setting the mood.
1: That was it's way time. more bird that was way more bird like than the birds in this movie.
0: <laughs> all right. As you guys know, we're bringing it back. This is an anniversary month for the pod. We're bringing it back to where the show all started. Uh, Many Julys ago, we started this show, uh, and our first curation was one near and dear to our hearts. Animals attack the pod, right? I think because we really wanted to talk about Orca, but it was a great month. It was really fun. We had so much fun that the show, we kind of started on a whim uh, when we were doing another show. We started this show, and this show consumed us because we had so much fun with that, so we thought for the anniversary, the four-year anniversary of our show, 400-some episodes down the road, if you can believe it, we'd return to the scene of the crime, the animal crime. Do they have animal detectives? Maybe. Maybe. Just one. I was going to say, Lance Ace. Hendrickson and Man's Best Friend, but he's not an animal detective. Ace Ventura. More Ace Ventura. There you go. Come on. God, just missing easy ones. I can't see through the flocks of the birds by Alfred Hitchcock. Today's uh, animal attack movie. I have to say up front, I only remember images of this movie from childhood, I guess. Interesting. It's been a long time, but the birds is a weird movie to me because of all the animals we've talked about, I think birds are by far the pussiest animal ever in an animal attack. movie. I know you'll say, are birds weaker than slugs? No, but slugs by their nature are creepy and they're slimy and they gross us out. What about ants or spiders? Well, okay, birds might be tougher in the, you know, the food chain, but we are naturally more repulsed by insects, right? Of course. Birds are huge wusses. They weigh next to nothing. Their bones are frail and thin. Even if you take them back to dinosaur days, right? That's how far back you have to go since anyone was afraid of a bird. Right. Actually, come to find out, I have two friends that are deathly terrified of birds, which is a really weird thing to to know. So I think what's funny about this movie is the outsized amount of fear I remember having of this movie, considering it has the weakest animal subjects of any movie we may cover in this series. And I think it's a great testament to the powerful filmmaking of one Alfred Hitchcock, obviously. Uh, So, Alex, I don't know when the last time you had caught up with
1: the birds was.
0: Uh, but what are your opening thoughts on this film?
1: I feel like I somehow watch this movie like every year. I don't know why. <laughs> it is like you just it do is, a check-in? It's like one of it's one of my favorite Hitchcock movies. Uh for really for a lot of reasons. Mainly for the reasons that like no one watches it, which I think it's fucking hilarious. Like I for like for all the reasons that you've listed, which is yeah, birds are just like complete wusses to the rest yeah. of us. Something about that is, like, so entertaining to me that all these yeah. baffling individuals in Bodega Bay, California. If there's <laughs> ever been a movie about this, the demise of coastal elites, it's definitely yeah. the birds. Um, but, I mean, ultimately, I, I like that it is this, like, the terror of nature. And, the, like... Yeah. and. The thing that I like the most about it is the terror of nature and the wanton disregard for the explanation as to why. Like, I think that's what makes a great Animal Attack movie. And the ones we've watched this month, obviously. Like, Jaws is a great example. Jaws is just about killer instinct, you know, in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. What's great about the birds is it's literally unprovoked. Like, everyone has these wild, like ridiculous theories like towards the middle of the movie <laughs> that like make no yeah. sense. I'm like, are you just guessing? Like, what is the matter yeah. with you? But like, it's such a not great thing. scientific
0: minds, but not a <laughs> lot of science
1: going into the uh, thoughts of how the birds, but yeah, like there's just something so terrifying about the unknowable thing about it all. Mm-hmm. That's what's actually scary. Not the birds themselves.
0: Right. Well, I think, I think it gets to the, your point, right? The best thing about an animal attack movie is we've created this world. We've agreed on a society, a lot of us do jobs that make us want to die early. We just keep doing it to pay bills, to buy shit we don't need, right? We've organized society in this giant, you know, tower of cards, right? Right. And then when nature just comes in and says, hey, fuck you guys, how fast it crumbles, right? How how fast all of these illusions are just gone. And you're like, oh, fuck, we're just, we're one of the animals out here. We're prey now. And I think right. one of the things in particular about the birds being... Pussies in this movie. And it's not like this is not a town that's descended upon by like bald eagles. No. Right? These are not, as Napoleon Dynamite would say, creatures with razor sharp talons, right? No. These are all like the most meek animals in their their group. Yeah, like
1: if this was a movie about like albatrosses trying to destroy a city, be like, whoa, cool. (laughs) Yeah. This is like the literal first bird attack we see is a seagull who just like strikes a lady who doesn't need to be there.
0: I mean in I do have a theory that it is all her fault for driving recklessly in that boat. She oh, hits the bird. It's absolutely. The bird goes her back fault. and he's like, This motherfucker, <laughs> she ran me off and they're like, say what? And then they all just descend upon. Yeah. Neither here nor we'll there get to though, that. right? I think there is this great I think what the birds do is that again, they are very innocuous to us. And the movie takes this thing where it juxtaposes people and things in our lives that we take you know, for granted, right? Schools, our own house, a birthday party. Mm-hmm. And it just juxtaposed these these wimpy animals, right? That we're not afraid of at all. And the movie does such a great job of of earning tension. That by yeah. the end of the movie, every time you hear a bird or see a bird just sitting on something, the amount of tension without really much backing, right? Not a lot of music. Just this cacophony of bird sounds, right? There is this real fear. There, There is a strange image in this film that we see constantly. The whole last 10 minutes of the movie is essentially this this buff, just chick magnet of a man, right? Uh, which we'll get to. Just this like,
1: oh, what, is, what is
0: going on with this guy? Yeah. Just sneaking around for fear that birds are going to beat him up. Yeah. And it, it is stunning to watch us cower as prey to these meek and weak animals, right? Because I was saying this, right? My yard, uh, we have all these flower baskets and all this shit, and every year my yard is besieged by birds Right, that make nests. All- As I watched this today, a nest behind my head, right, on the porch behind my couch had just hatched, so there's all these baby birds chirping the whole time I watched it. Right, And I know, I see these birds, right? We have little swallows all over our place. And I was like, how many fucking swallows would you have to lock me in a room with where I could not survive that attack? I was like, let's say I had rec specs on like Horace Grant, so they couldn't peck my eyes out. And I had shorts on so they couldn't bite my nuts off or peck my nuts off, I guess. There's not a lot of scrotum skin. They could peck through that. But I was like, how many fucking swallows would it take to beat me in a a man versus nature fight? And I was like, I think like 10,000. Because honestly, if I just rolled around in a circle or like slammed into a wall, every bird that got caught between my body and the wall is just crushed and maimed. Sure. And every peck does what? Next to no damage? So I don't know. I mean, it's very it's it's a strange place to put us beneath such meek and wussy animals.
1: So I remember probably the first.
0: How many swallows would it take to get to the center of the Dandino pop?
1: Not ten thousand. I'm a pussy. Like it would probably take. (laughs) But you're big. Maybe ten. I don't know.
0: (laughs) You're a big man. You're a big man. No ten birds are gonna squash you. I don't know.
1: Uh, actually, the one. So (laughs) my. So here's this. I did want to point this out. Can, so, we, a, a,
0: can we get a mathematical equation of the weight of a swallow versus the thickness of scrotum skin? <laughs> we need some graphs if we're making this game.
1: I was going to ask you, did yeah. you ever have to read the short story this is based on? Never. Okay. When I was in high school, this was a short story. We It was a weird thing that we w- w- read this in high school. I remember being like, wait, is this what the movie's based on? And Yeah. My teacher said, yes, we read the short story. I'll be honest. I don't remember anything about the short story. I know it's <laughs> very different from the movie. And actually, this is based on something that Alfred Hitchcock read about happening in a city called Capitola. Where... They
0: mentioned that. The seagulls got yeah. confused and shit. Yeah.
1: So in Capitola, like, the, basically, they woke up one morning and these birds were like dive bombing into houses. <laughs> Yeah, And, like, hawking up, like, half-digested anchovies and shit. But they found out the reason that that happened was because they had all ingested toxic algae, apparently. Gross. Now... Dude, I had birds hit my window at full speed. It is startling. This happened... It happened, actually, when I lived in Noblesville as a kid. We had a huge skylight (laughs) in, like, in our living room. And one day, an owl just blew himself up. Flew right into the window. And it was the craziest thing I've ever seen. So, we read the short yeah. story in high school. We watched the movie, and I think that was the first time. Like I had seen the birds when I was much younger. This was the first time I was registering it as like a movie that I was like, "Oh, wow, that's kind of cool. That's an interesting idea, like the uh, terror of nature, that kind of thing." Mm-hmm. So much so that I enjoyed it. And actually, the annals of the internet probably have buried it. But my uh, like thesis film before I left college was about uh, bands uh, on tour. And one of the bands I actually named after this movie was this, like, sh- the idea is the, char- the characters are in sh- this <laughs> shitty hardcore band called Melanie Daniels Evil. um, <laughs> Because, I, I don't know, like, we had, like, when I was in bands in high school and college, like, some of these band names were just so bad. Like, mm-hmm. one of the ones that I always remember was uh, um, there was a hardcore band called Norma Jean, which was based on, Mar- that's Marilyn Monroe's real name. And I was like, why would that? Why would anyone think that would be a hardcore band name? Like anything like you could just call your band blood and that would be infinitely cool. It was than- kind
0: of the unnamed secret of the hardcore scene that none of the guys or bands seemed particularly hardcore. They
1: were definitely not hardcore. <laughs> There's a bunch of,
0: like, little soft boys with weird hair that are like, we're taking this.
1: I think the closest you got to, like, guys who were legit were probably, in that literal vein, in that general vein, was, like, Kill Switch Engage. Those dudes, like looked like it could actually fuck people up.
0: they got adopted into the larger metal community yeah. so yeah i guess that's yeah. true
1: they they were <laughs> able to like cross but like the rest of them were all like very swoopy haircuts with girl pants so
0: i guess that's a good way to like keep birds off you just flip your fucking just flip your little yeah, hair yeah 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 but yeah that's what that I was, was like do these people not have brooms or a shovel like you could fucking kill okay can three we birds with every fucking swing all of right a personal
1: weapon. stories aside can we please start talking about the Im- in the insane residents of Bodega Bay.
0: Okay. There's a lot of human we have to get to. Strangely enough, I had forgotten about. I want to ask, actually start with a, a different question for you. Sure. Something that struck me today is I, I felt like this was a weird choice for Hitchcock to make into a movie, Okay. especially at this phase. he He's obviously known as the master of suspense, right? Right. A lot of murder mysteries, this kind of thing. What do you think about this one particularly got Hitchcock engaged? What what in this movie presented where he's like that is something that my set of talents need to make.
1: Oh, Why I mean the birds. I think because what you can do is what you were talking about, which is it's the tension. Yeah. The tension you can put into a movie like this. Now If you had just called it The Birds, this is a really important thing about, like, when movies were coming out in 19—this came out in 1963. When Mm. movies were coming out, they were just titled things. Invaders from Mars, like, you know, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, all these kinds of movies that, like, spoke very plainly about what the movie was.
0: Not a lot of subtlety. Subterfuge in the titles.
1: If you had put a movie out called The Birds, no one would fucking see it because people were like, I don't need to watch a two-hour movie about birds. I know what birds look like. Right but if you stick Alfred Hitchcock's name on the front of it Alfred Hitch- right. Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds everyone's like whoa shit what is he doing yeah. in this what well, this is he feels doing like in this weird the 1950s
0: genre? movie right oh my yeah. fucking canary got out and drank toxic waste and now it's 30 feet tall and murdering Absolutely. like mayberry i i did wonder cuz obviously his his ability to draw suspense mm-hmm. is really highlighted near the end of the film right to be yeah. fair though there's not really like a large scale bird assault until like 50 minutes into this movie.
1: So to yeah, me, there, I mean, there's
0: something about this town and this world that really was alluring to him.
1: The preamble is very much about how slutty Tippy Hedren's character is. Well, <laughs>
0: there's a famous, like, this is one of those. They made that whole movie about how yeah. Hitchcock was essentially.
1: It was, cl- it was called The Girl. He essentially, yeah, like, sexually, sexually, sexually assaulted her, her constantly. Yeah. Yeah. Like and when she
0: rebuffed time. him, there was that horrifying bit in that movie where, you know, he. Re- she rebuffs his advances Mm -hmm. his wife always worked really close with them it was very strange right and uh hitchcock just made her keep doing that thing where they had the birds and the bird net when she breaks into that upstairs attic room and he just made her keep doing it and Mm -hmm. doing it and doing it so she was physically breaking and he was watching it gleefully like punishing her now again this is a movie dramatization i don't know the facts behind that I'm assuming I mean, it's based on something if they wrote that book. but Yeah,
1: I mean, it's very – it's pretty well documented, like, what he did to her. Yeah, Like, there's nothing about that that is – there's nothing about that – one, again, we all know that, like, Alfred Hitchcock is one of the most important filmmakers in film history. Yeah. He was a lecherous dick who also, like, constantly sexually assaulted women, like, a lot. It's, yeah. like, well documented in a lot of ways. Like, so – for that to be like, that's the big controversy of the birds is that it almost like ruined Tippi Hedren because Tippy Hedren yeah. literally like, yeah. Like he put not just there's like, not, not just sexual humiliation, but also, yeah. Like literally it put her through abuse to the point where like, like, yeah. yeah, she was like getting cut on the face and stuff like that. Yeah.
0: It's, it's a lot man uh to think about the behind the scenes stuff. Right. But yeah, I don't, I don't know. Maybe that's what drew him. Right. Just these predatory looming figures just staring i at mean these poor people i don't there's a lot that.
1: of analysis in the movie like maybe it is, has a yeah. lot to do with the like there's some people there's some like film scholars who think that the movie's about like other like, film scholars were film scholars let's real. <laughs> the uh, actual film scholars <laughs> um, i have a smoking jacket there's some people who believe that the movie's about female sexuality and the repression of it um
0: wow gee well okay because i was about to voice something later and i was like that feels like one of those things where you just want people to know you go to film school like absolutely not the yeah, movie. i mean
1: like we'll get I, to that <laughs> yeah i mean you can look you can surmise whatever like i think yeah. production notes aside you can surmise that probably tippy hedren's character uh it's weird i never remember her name melanie daniels which is weird because yeah. i put it in a in movie. <laughs> What you can surmise is that Melanie probably has something to do with this, but that, yeah, that is such an ethereal concept and so, so metaphysical. Like the concept is so odd to blame yeah. this woman for coming to the town and fucking up everyone's shit. That, you know, really, what's interesting is like at the point when people start to actually blame her, it almost is inconsequential. It's like, well, she's here now and she's not leaving, so like we have to like yeah. just deal with it. It's a very interesting thing. Well, if you
0: reimagine the movie, right, it's like, hey, you want some tea? Yeah, and then all of a sudden, just like levitating vaginas were exploding out of your fireplace.
1: That's certainly a way that you could could put it
0: that way, sure. Directed by Alec Garland. (laughs) 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 I mean, I'd watch that movie, too. No, I do think there is something really, because I was watching it today, and I essentially forgot the whole fucking preamble of why she's in Bodega Bay. Oh, I just yeah. remembered, oh, it's two, like, really fucking square-looking white people fall in love. Uh, They're by some water. And I always remember the movie to me mostly starts with, like, the, the birds at the school, right? Or that seagull hovering down over the burning mm-hmm. town. That's the images that stick. This whole introduction, right? The worst meet-cute of all time, which is she's buying a bird as a joke on her straight-laced aunt, right? She's going to teach a bird to say four-letter words. Yeah. He comes in and doesn't really want lovebirds. He just wants to tell her that he thinks she should be in jail for being a prankster. Yeah. She takes it on herself to use daddy's newspaper men to stalk him. I had traveled. He was a lawyer. To, so not only this, she fucking buys the lovebirds for his sister mm-hmm. creepily. Weird. Takes them to his apartment. The neighbor guy's like, well, he always goes to Bodega Bay. And she's like, yeah, I'll drive three hours up the fucking PCH.
1: How and thirsty like, can you be? My goodness, yeah, I was like, Melanie Daniels. This
0: is the the chain of events, right? Cuz she's saying this like, "Oh, it's just it's just for a laugh." She takes a 3-hour car ride after stalking this man and getting his info. Yeah. Up to Bodega Bay, charters a fucking boat, goes and pesters a school teacher on her day off to get the name so she can teach the birds to say the name presumably, right? Uses this fucking boat, cr- glides across like Jason Bourne cuts it off and paddles in when she sees him go to the barn, breaks into his fucking home. Also, it's- she can have that moment where he looks out at the binoculars and he drives right. to town like his fucking ass is on fire. And she has this great tippy hedron smile, right? Like, got you, motherfucker. Yeah.
1: it's a And very- I was like,
0: this is the most bananas introduction to a character
1: <laughs> I've seen yeah. in a long time. It's super problematic <laughs> in a lot of ways. But most importantly, she is a full-blown stalker. Like... Hey, there's like a million dudes yeah. in san francisco you're telling me none of them can hold socialite melanie Daniels well attention. what we
0: learn right is when she talks to the school teacher she also has been holding a candle for this yeah, guy for she's a got long a thing time.
1: she's got a thing for uh,
0: another really kind of sad subplot Mitch. of the movie is like she moved up there just to be close to this guy that doesn't love or want her and she's still yeah. friends with his overly strangling mom yeah um but she has this line right where She's like, yeah, I met Mitch in San Francisco. He goes, they all meet Mitch in San Francisco or whatever. I was like, how often does this guy, Dude, the magnetism mu- of his, his sexual
1: prowess draws these women three hours he, down yeah, the coast? It seems like Mitch Brenner is just sexual napalm. And these women are just, yeah. just following the burning trail all the way to bodega bay
0: if the character in fresh played by sebastian stan didn't have a snack issue yeah that's what's happening i it's almost like he only leaves san francisco to see who really wants it right like a coach throwing one football out and saying fight for it who wants to be the captain yeah
1: like he lives in san francisco and yeah he only goes to bodega bay to like yeah every
0: fucking weekend
1: going out with his overbearing mother and it's his sister, Kathy, which again, we're not going to like get, I,
0: 27 years younger than. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean,
1: again, uh, Jessica Tandy plays Mitch. Brenner's she was mom, a mistake. Yeah. And yeah, like, I don't know what I mean. Again, Jessica <laughs> Tandy looks old enough. for like, there's no way there's there's no way that this reproduction is working right now. But all right. <laughs> it's
0: all very strange because you're like, he doesn't look much younger than his mom. The youngest girl's like 10. It looks like. I don't know. A, it's it's a very she's turning, strange family. So Kathy's setup.
1: turning eleven. That's like the thing. Eleven.
0: Right? That's right. Yeah. It's uh the the human in this movie is fucking bizarre. They are
1: in the mom who
0: just immediately hates on Melanie. She's in the Gossam Collops. Yep. Yeah. Um, she's a bit. Of she a, does this she's thing a bit of a she's party like, girl. it's yeah, it's not an Oedipus thing. She just likes him too much, and you're like, it's a fucking Oedipus thing. Yeah, for sure, for sure, it's an Oedipal thing um there's just that tragic scene when she's like you know you're with this person and they have so much strength and then they're gone and all the strength is gone and you're still here and i was like oh she's just a lady who misses her husband but then there's like dude there is some weird sexual politicking in this movie how about this scene the birds attack right the vaginas fly out of the fucking i mean the birds fly out of the fireplace
1: absolutely they fuck up
0: her tea party they tilt the picture of her husband right There is so much leering eye woman to woman in this movie, right? Maybe that's the sexual uh, awakening of women, right? Threatened by each other. She's watching as the cop's like, well, I mean, there could have been lights on. I don't – maybe the birds got ruffled by the children, right? He's doing his fucking, like, I know shit. I have a badge. She's watching this lady bounce around the room, this lady who clearly does not like her and has no interest in her, who she's Mm -hmm. heard from Annie, doesn't like anyone coming for Mitch, right? Right. She's watching her adjust the picture of the father, right? And I was like, this is the moment she's going to be like, I feel bad for this poor lady. No, she says, How about I take Kathy upstairs to bed and shack up here? And the mom's just like, What? Like it happens under it's her nose. Like, the a, next it's morning, like a Scooby Doo <laughs> thing.
1: <laughs> she's like,
0: <clears throat> She's like, There's sex in my home, right? She's like, I got birds and sex everywhere. I don't need any sexy energy. The next morning, right? Tippy Hedrick gets up. She's doing She's like, oh, I went to bed fresh as hell. Like, she's popping up, like, ready, right? She doesn't yeah, have yeah. a bathroom there. She's got, like, a water bowl. Yeah. She's already looking fresh to death in her, like, fucking old lady pajamas. She watches the mom drive into town to drop the kid off at school. She smiles and starts flicking her hair like, oh, now I can get a body. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because mom's, I'm going to fuck your son in your house right while dad watches from the portrait. I was like. This is insane. Yeah.
1: yeah. That, These people. I don't know, make, what do
0: you make of this though? The leering of people, like the women leering at each other in this man's orbit. It is, it is right there.
1: Well, like, okay. I love, like I, I've all, I I love Annie. The, the teacher who has like just oh. stuck there. Like she's again, that she's one like
0: broke my heart.
1: She's one of I the, forgot about her. She's the best character in this movie. Cause she's, she understands that they're not like her and Mitch aren't going to get down. Yeah. Like that's not going to happen. Like she clearly is like, been like scorched earth person for a while she's and what's interesting is like she's not trying to save melanie from like that scenario she's just like i'll just be friends with this lady who's probably gonna fuck this guy i love and like that's (laughs)
0: you think she's getting in the back door well if i'm her friend maybe i'll get to stand next to her at the wedding
1: yeah like if i'm her friend maybe that's sad i'm but that that's like the character though to me like for me what she says that line
0: right i i moved i stay here because i don't want to lose his friendship and i was like that's fucking brutal
1: it's 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 sad like but that's what makes annie's So it makes Annie's like ultimate sacrifice so much worse. It's just like, God damn, you should have just gotten out of town. Like the minute shit started going here. But she's like, she's the teacher. She's like looking after all these kids. Like there's something very noble. like she's the only noble person in the entire town. (laughs) Everybody else is such dog shit. Like Mitch.
0: (laughs) She literally dies shoving Mitch's kid sister in the house. Mitch is and just such like a, lets the birds pecker 20,000 times.
1: Yeah. Mitch is such a douchebag. Like the entire, like again, that opener of him, not, not the opening Can scene. Can You but, yeah. blame
0: Mitch for what he is though. Yeah. If women drive three hours to break into your house, to get your attention, that has to, you remember there's a Bill Murray okay. quote, right? Another guy mutated by fame. It sounds like, but he said, when you get famous or you get a bunch of money, right? You got six months. To decide if you can maintain being normal or if it's going to change and mutate you. If you, Alex Dandino, came home and you're like, fuck, someone just put, like, you know, two boxes of Sour Patch Kids and a dildo on my table. Right. With, like, a nice letter stock. That would change who you are.
1: That would change your very nature. It would not change my very nature. First off, I don't know why those are the items.
0: Well, I I don't know. I was thinking of a meat cute You're at, like, the fucking Pleasure Cove. (laughs) You're like, you know, I like sweet and sour, and she's like, got it. You know what I mean? I'm just saying. You're telling me if women broke me, you've constructed not weirder than this movie, the Bird (laughs) Store Hangout. I'm just saying if women showered you in gifts like you were a conquering Conan the Barbarian, it changes the way you walk through the world.
1: Yeah, but I'll tell you what I wouldn't do is like dangle that carrot and say, guess where I'm going? Bodega Bay with my moms. Like, I don't that's... think
0: he can do anything. I think the carrot's dangled. <laughs> I don't think he can do anything.
1: It's a weird. It's it's just such a weird thing because, like, to me, the movie shouldn't be about like the movie's inciting incident. And that's not to say that it's when Tippi Hedren gets hit in the head with a seagull. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm not blaming her for what happened in this movie, like everyone else does.
1: Oh no, I'm fully blaming her for what happens in this movie. But what <laughs> I'm saying is the inciting incident of like. First off, Mitch is a lawyer. Like, he is a man of the law. And his initial is like, you know what I'm going to do? I know a thing or two about this lady. I'm going to fuck with her and see if I can really, like, he drags it out of her. I think that's the bigger issue, too. Is like, he uses this, like, sexual magnetism he has to get this woman to, like, follow him three hours when he knows full well that, A, she's trouble, man. She causes all kinds of problems. Like, she does not stop fucking around wherever she goes. Her He's thing is practical her. jokes.
0: You know what? that That's kind of like a subplot of the film. I'm like, I need a little more on that. I know you got pushed naked into the fountain. Oh, you had clothes on. Fine. Yeah. Um, they kind of hint at like that was a wild Roman holiday, right? And I'm like, right. I need a little more on this. And now she's like, I'm trying to do better in the world. Well, two days a week.
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> we then, throw some the money the
0: at a charity. It's fine. The other five, I'm just partying. What I'm saying is, though, is Mitch has that vibe of I'm sure we all have friends from our past we grew up in a little bit rougher era as far as sure the way people treated others right absolutely um even when i was in high school there was not a lot of consideration for uh you know the other sex mm-hmm. other orientations it was just a rougher oh, yeah. time I so mean, you would the... hear things like this all the time absolutely. when i'd be like hey man i have a crush on this girl what should i do and inevitably one guy you knew would say Treat a girl like uh, dirt; she'll stick to you like mud. Yep, absolutely. And in your brain, you'd go smart, smart, right? Like that's just how fucking stupid. In your brain, you'd
1: go smart, and then like you do it, and it would fail epically. Like maybe not as good as I thought. That's not great advice, I guess. If
0: I had a time machine and could take me and my dick back to the nineties, and just be the guy that didn't think that worked i probably wouldn't be here today there'd be no podcasts i would have drowned i would have been like the girl in the ring video just drowning in fucking sex you know what i mean but no that that is a legitimate thought process that and of course these were guys who told me they had gotten laid and i hadn't so i'm like right of course they got laid like to me that was like the the arc of the covenant i'm like i remember i remember always being uh, you know
1: what's interesting it's funny you bring this up i remember always being fascinated i had a friend isn't it insane though? <laughs> I had a friend okay, now that we're really talking about this, and yeah. I I mean, look, I was not this person in high school at all. But I did have a friend who like our freshman year of high school, we were our freshman year of high school, he like he got laid. Our freshman year I was like, Well, that's really cool, you know? Yeah. And he was like really stoked about it. He treated his girlfriend like shit. Like yeah. was ne- like he's like, Oh yeah, I wanna go hang out with the guys, like that kind of stuff. Like never like And he never had a problem finding dates, never had a problem with girlfriends, that kind of thing. I never understood it, but maybe that's what... Maybe this is the key that I'm missing now that I've watched The Birds again. The key is, if you're Mitch Brenner, it's just something that can't be taught. It is a pheromone, and in that regard, maybe... you got extra moans. Maybe what's going on, maybe the reason The Birds are in Bodega Bay is not necessarily just because of Melanie Daniels, but it is the sexual chemistry the pheromones the combining cloacas. in the air the yes. cloacas yeah maybe it's they unfurl
0: both. their cloacas and they're like we got to go death mate with this i cat. think it's
1: both of them both of them are causing this because of their wild wild indiscretion wow maybe that's what so you is. think
0: the farmer fucked mitch
1: i think the farmer i think, you think the farmer happened?
0: was fucking mitch
1: no i don't think the, well he could have been i guess i don't know That's why the, the birds sixth, got him it was first. the 60s it was a wild time man you could do anything
0: <laughs> the birds got him first they're like he's reaping more than we sow <laughs> they fucking pecked the farmer's eyes out because he <laughs> got to see mitch naked before them like cow, cow. you know no, what? um i don't, I don't know, know man i i do think there is some I, I know we're just doing this time travel like personal thing it was wild to me how many of me and my friends thought the best way to get girlfriends was to be as douchey as possible.
1: Right. Yeah. It's no,
0: fucking insane.
1: I think about it a I lot. And I, well, not that a lot. I Actually, okay. I do want to. So, birds. No. Uh, oh, no. Actually. Uh, it's, Go for before, it. I do want to move on real quick and say the sound of the birds. Yes. Is the most terrifying sound in this entire movie. Like, there's not a lot of score in this film. This is a really important thing. Like, there's not a lot of score in this film. But Nature, those bird, bird noises sound. are um I think I looked at this I looked this up they're made on um a synthesizer for one. Oh but, really? Yeah, like a lot of the sound effects but like the bird the like bird calls were done on this electroacoustic instrument called a mixture tretonium. <laughs> if you look it up it's like a Sounds giant, like a very
0: hip Italian restaurant. Yeah,
1: if you look it up it's a huge like it looks like a huge Moog board but like it's the yeah. weirdest it's the most like unsettling sound in the entire. Yeah, it's most unsettling thing in the entire movie is the sound of these birds. Well, it's they do not this real.
0: this great job earning tension, right? So the start yeah. of the movie is like birds chaotically flapping around the credits, right? Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden the movie starts and we just that that bird song is what carries us through the transition, right? Right. And right. all of a sudden Tippy Hedren's looking up at the sky, and I remember being like, "That's a fucking ton of seagull sounds for." wherever the fuck they are san fran or whatever that's like a lot of seagull then we yeah. go into this bird shop and it's constant right and i think what it does is it, it sets you in this how omnipresent birds are and our life. at one point they talk about there might be like a hundred billion birds on earth yeah right whatever the math is how many birds we'd have to kill each to survive right how many grown-ups are there how many birds each we have to kill to win this war Probably half their pot neither here nor there. We're not gonna do it. We need another fucking chart. <laughs> right? Birds right. per overweight adult man murders, right? Chart it out. Let's get Charted some graphs out. going. Let's do it, guys. but what I'm but there there is this omnipresence of the birds, right? Mm-hmm. And again, this is this is a subtle trick that the Jaws employs too, right? It gives you these little clues and then it goes quiet. And in that quiet, your mind is conjuring tears. Because again. I'm not scared of getting attacked by a 100 crows. And I know everyone listening is saying, 100 crows will fuck you up. Maybe. But I'll tell you, I never would lose a wink of sleep. Right. right? If I had to choose an animal to fight, crows would be pretty high on my list. I think that's fine. But there's that wonderful scene when she's outside of the, the um, schoolhouse, right? And the kids are singing this like you know fucking folksy song, whatever the fuck it is. And she sits out. She's lighting a smoke. And behind her, we just see one bird quietly land on that thing, right? hmm Cuts back to her. She's doing her shit. The song continues. Yeah. Another bird silently lands. When we cut back and the kid's song is about over, there's just like a 100 birds there. Yeah. And they're this- not doing shit. But the fact that they're draped all over that swing set behind her without her knowing, there is so much fear built up yeah. in you subconsciously. It's, it's
1: probably the best it's probably one of the I mean it's it's a blueprint tension building thing. like this is why Alfred Hitchcock is one of the greatest directors of all time is because this is like a kind of like tension build that is mimicked and repeated over and over again because it's so simple. And the two th- the three things this woman's this woman's sense of urgency slash terror. Mm-hmm. these birds that are accumulating because you don't know what they're doing. They're just sitting there. You're they are lying in wait. All of it juxtaposed by these children singing. Mm-hmm. That is, there is a level that is so terrifying to that. Like I, I've, again, it's, it's actually, but like before I went to college, my dad actually bought me this like filmmaking book. And that scene is in the book, uh, in the editing mm-hmm. section about how to build tension with an edit. Like, yeah, it's, it's a perfect, it's honestly like of yeah. all movies, it is like one of the most perfect scenes in a movie.
0: Well, it's just brilliant, right? There's this subtle, you know, nature's just happening without us paying attention. Right. We think we're invulnerable to whatever's next, this sense of safety. Mm-hmm. Uh, now it's invading things like a school and a playground. So, oh, we also can't keep our children safe. Right. There's right. a lot of fucking fear happening in that moment. In those moments shine, right? When the kids run out and the birds are like cow, 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 you're like, all right, well, you can't even beat up a fucking ten year old. I'm really not scared. <laughs> the birds take out exactly zero people on camera that we see. Right? right. There's an old farmer who dies in his PJs. Like that mm-hmm. scene is terrifying because he doesn't answer. She goes yeah. to the house. You know something's coming. Really
1: gross. Dude. The
0: carnage of the birds like dead in the room and then seeing the feet and the eyes pecked down. It does that like Frankenstein three cut. Yeah. Um. That scene is fucking scary. And again, this is a lesson learned by a lot of animal attack movies down the road. There's no way they could have showed us that. And it's cool yeah. by showing us the very still aftermath, the actual literal death mm-hmm. of something that we never saw. It's so much more frenetic and chaotic and scary in our minds. Right. We don't Absolutely. see Annie die because, again, it would look stupid if she's throwing taxidermy crows around. Mm-hmm. If we just hear she blocked the door and birds, you know die bombed her and she died and we just see her left on the front lawn like trash right like she's nothing to anyone that shit is fucking horrifying in this movie that's the kind of thing that the omnipresence of these birds Mm -hmm. is what works now here's the film student thing i hinted at earlier right and this was something i noticed with annie is there's a real sense of loneliness in this film right yeah, And that this movie really hones in on it. I, the birds kind of make this nice metaphor about the the way we see people without a flock mm-hmm. just being vulnerable and terrorized, right? Is it anyone who's by themselves, right? We see the mom in the diner who's scared with her two kids. No dad around, right? right. Mitch's uh, mom. Dad not there, right? Tippy Hedren. A father who's only on the phone but isn't actually doing anything to help. She's running around the world just pranking and doing b b and e's
1: right to get
0: b's and j's you know what i mean it's it's a wild series of events but everyone in the film feels like they are somewhat loners or outcast right in totally. watching how vulnerable we can become to just a mass of organisms that don't have that emotion they don't have that fear of loneliness right they just flock together and overwhelm us I actually I don't know. Maybe it's like where I'm at headspace wise as I age. And again, this way, thing where I'm like, I'm sure Hitchcock was not. Oh, let's do some loneliness metaphors. Right. The, maybe he was. Maybe this is something I'm film studenting well, in.
1: I don't know. I don't think you're wrong. Like, I mean, it's it's not necessarily about loneliness. It's otherness. It is. Right. At least That's that's how I would.
0: There be. are no safety in numbers for these characters. Right. They're all like, alone.
1: And I think the other thing, like, once we get into the part, the portion of the movie that I think is the funniest, which is like my favorite sequence is when they go to the, like, between the phone booth and the restaurant. Some of the funniest shit I've ever seen in movies. But, <laughs> well, it's like, what what caused the
0: big explosion in town? A dude smoking a cigar.
1: The person didn't do shit. <laughs> that man's lighting a cigar. And then, like, also, it is like, <laughs> it's one of my all time favorite editing sequences when the, um, the, uh, oh, 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 I
0: love that, dude! That's the, so The great. cut to Tippy Hedren, like Frozen, as she's like, like she's frozen in fire. a zoom. Yeah, I awesome. love that cut. Yeah. See, this is one of those things we we kind of hinted at a couple weeks ago, right? I can't remember what the time, but we talked about one of the th- things that I love about Hitchcock is his filmmaking tricks are so naked. Yeah, on the screen, he doesn't do this invisible hand thing where he wants to build a reality, no, and we him. feel like we're immersed. That cut is so abrasive, in but so stylistic, right? These frozen really? moments of terror, it so pulls you out of the idea that you're in an immersive real moment, right? Of birds descending on a town. But I think what is so wonderful is that his... his They never stop the film, right? These really weird choices. I love that fucking cut, right? What do you make of how he still pulls us in emotionally, even though we, we can see the fuck... It's like, would you these magicians right that do these fucking tricks right if you can see the trick right away the magician doesn't have a job
1: right we well, know think- he's
0: tricking us but we still like the show
1: i mean that's like that's the point is like it's you're supposed to enjoy the show like what he's doing yeah. is drawing attention to filmmaking makes you pay more attention to the characters in the movie so like when these birds are starting to come together and they're like coordinating attacks and making sure that like Knocking out, the, knocking out the fucking, you know, gas station attendant so that, you know, like doing Dude. these things and then on the inside of these buildings, all these people are panicking and turning on each other and becoming true animals. Yeah. It is this really, it's a really important juxtaposition to get us to the final piece of the movie. Mm-hmm. But I, I think that's the thing I always, that's the thing I always gravitate towards, particularly in that moment is all these people are starting to just like, you can't predict nature. So when nature happens, I talk about this with my wife a lot. Like for me, like we can't just like, especially as parents, like parents for me now, like we can't just be reactive people. Like we have to be proactive and like play with our kid, teach them right from wrong, those kinds of things. I think with nature being either you can't proactively prevent certain things from happening. Obviously. Yeah. You know, That's a climate change conversation we're not going to have in this pod. But there is (laughs) a lot of... Because it's a hoax. There's a lot of reactivity (laughs) to the nature that occurs in our world. So, And when our reaction is, holy shit, I don't know what's going on, but I need an explanation for it, you're going to point to the the otherness of the whole thing. So why would it not... Like loneliness and otherness and all these other things that are created... Mm -hmm. Why would it not? That's the emotional core of the movie moving forward. So what you don't have to do is hide those like editing techniques or those beats. What you can do is make it a presentational movie. And it's still completely engrossing emotionally. Yeah.
0: Because I think him and Kubrick do this a lot, right? Where it's really out there that they're so masterful that they'll get you no matter what, right? Um, But that that scene you talked about was really fascinating. That's one of my favorite scenes watching it today was that scene in the diner. It's literally just grown-ups saying, "Ah, I don't buy it. Like an attack happened just down the road, the third or fourth one in a day or two. Kids are being attacked. And there's just some old lady who's like, finally, I've been waiting my whole life to busk knowledge on some (laughs) poor saps. And she just takes the stage and starts dropping bird stats. Birds flocking together. I doubt it. Right? Yeah. There's one billion birds I here to bring. I'm like, and they're just so happens to be an ornithologist. Yeah. Yeah. How many times does she practice that speech? Right? She's just at home and she's like, Harold, do you want to go for a nice walk on the beach? She's like, get out of here, bitch. She's like, all right. And she just goes outside and says bird stuff to like, you know, the beach. Or she's at church and she's like, you know what's also great besides God? Birds are like, beat it, Dolores. She's like, all right. Right? So she just goes to work. She's like, I have this great wealth of knowledge to share with someone. Right. It's like in Jaws. (laughs) Hooper had to fucking go to that island and yell at people. Right. Right. She just didn't do that. But she walks into this diner and all of a sudden she's like, holy shit. She's like, lady, I don't care how scared your kids are. (laughs) Let me start dropping (laughs) bird (laughs) soliloquies. And I love it, dude, because that that's just great. Right. It's kind of the whole spectrum. Right. I know the science lady, but she refuses to accept new information. You got the old guy who's like, "Yep, it's it's the end of the world. It's the Bible. You got the drunk salesman who's just talking shit, right? Then you got these two people in the middle who are like, we went through something. We should do this other lady who's like, stop, stop. Let's pretend it's not real. All the while, the birds are slowly descending outside of the restaurant. If anyone's like, hey, let's post a bird lookout, right? Get those fucking binoculars you use to find out which of the San Fran ladies is leaving panties on your coffee table and look for a fucking (laughs) bird. Right. Everyone goes indoors and this fucking whole movie doesn't happen, right? Or you just leave town and this doesn't happen. The arrogance of us as a species is so on front street here. Yes. And again, this gets to the fucking flock thing. We have no movement together, right? Our natural thing is we know what's right. Every human, no matter how philosophical or altruistic they think they are, knows in their very soul, somewhere deep down, whether they want to admit it or not, they are the most important creature on planet Earth. And all of this is here for us, right? And our amusement. And people will say, no, that's not true. It's just the way we're wired. It's built into our genetic code that we know that we're the most important person and we, all of it moves around us. So when yeah. you see a bunch of people have that moment where I got to get the best deal out of this for me and that starts colliding, it's really interesting. Again, we, we're not a flock, right? When she's right. in that phone booth and that guy's just running around lonely with birds clawing him. Or in the diner, I love that beat today. That was such a great shot, that head-on of her just, like, doing that lady from
1: the mist. Evil! Who are you?
0: Where did you come from? She doesn't even think she's a human being. Yeah, no, she she just thinks she's
1: evil incarnate, yeah.
0: Yeah, and it was just like a, oh my god, it doesn't take that long. Again, for the house of cards to come down and we're like, who do we gotta kill and throw into the ocean so these fucking birds stop eating us? Right? We're always this far away from throwing a virgin in a volcano. No matter how far we've come, and no matter how many fucking sweaters we wear in the middle of summer, if push comes to shove, a huge percentage of us would throw someone in a volcano to get on to tomorrow. Yes. And this movie just nakedly lays that out in a way that I absolutely love. Because that's the thing. It's not just nature with like jaws, right? It's just the world wants to eat you, right? Yes. No matter how fucking safe your town may be. This is a the world and people and no one loves you. This is a very fucking dark and nihilistic movie, at its very core, you don't matter at all to people or birds.
1: <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, come
0: at me on that one.
1: You're not wrong. You're not Do you wrong. You think that
0: that. The the godlike narrator of this film gives a fuck about any person on that screen.
1: I find it highly indisputable. I think that the <laughs> I think the godlike character watching this movie doesn't give a shit about anybody else, as evidence taking by, away behind
0: the production stuff we know.
1: <laughs> as evidenced by honestly the end of the movie where like no one's safe. Like in like the indoor is no longer safe. The whole thing becomes a mess, and it leads up to literally yeah like. Tippy Hedren saves Kathy but it is like this thing where she's it is like this sacrifice like not her own like she's not being selfless or anything like that but it what it is is like it's the comeuppance that's a good way to put it i, I think if i said it in nature's a way nature's comeuppance maybe nature's comeuppance or her comeuppance for being a creepy stalker i'm not really sure it's it's interesting because like she's so it's not creepy stuff. I mean, it, it's
0: technically breaking, like, multiple laws.
1: Yeah. But, but like again, but Alex, Mitch if you r-
0: came home from work, right, and it's like, here are some new size 12 vans, airwalks, right? Uh-huh. Hey, look over there. There's a two-and-a-half Cinnabon. Someone ate once they were hungry, car loaded bringing you a gift. Who's- and then there is a pack of illegal Kentucky fireworks, and that's what's on your coffee table. Uh-huh. And on nice letter stock, it just said, Love that hog hearts,
1: got it. That's my that's that's the that's you would the find
0: that adorable. I think I'd be a little. You'd be like out. that person's not creepy. That person I'll be honest really with cares. you. The
1: first thing I would think is like, how did this person get in my house? It makes me uncomfortable. Right? Like, how did this person know everything? I, I also love? have like. here's, <laughs> I have a healthy. I have. I side with the birds. I have a healthy mistrust of human nature in in, in a lot of ways. Oh. So,
0: I would yeah. start leaving my door unlocked. If people would just fucking show up in my house and give me gifts, because they're like, "Hey, when you berated me at the pet shop, it just got me really horned up.
1: Just got me really. I'm really impressed
0: with what you're bringing to the table. Yeah. And they're like, "Here's a 1982 copy of Mad Magazine, five Pez, (laughs) and and three stained tank tops from a line cook at a you know fucking big Waffle House." (laughs) I'd be like, holy shit, that is so thoughtful. <laughs> Thank
1: you. Yeah. I just, yeah, see, like, <laughs> I think the accepting of the gift is the, because, like, like, okay, think about this from a lot. Like, look, I know that you make a joke, but you and I, you know, we have a healthy mistrust of our fellow man, correct?
0: Right, because they're not bringing me gifts and acknowledging my powers.
1: Right, but if someone was to do that, break into yeah. your house, bring you a yeah. present, that kind of thing. I feel like the expectation would be there's an ulterior motive. Like, if someone broke into my house and gave me a present. For sure, to get my sex with My first you. thought, no. My first no. thought would be, how do they get into my house? And my second thought would be, this person is crazy, and I'm fucking locking my door.
0: After the sex. Mitch
1: accepting the birds as gifts is what causes the whole thing.
0: You know what Mitch- might have drawn the birds is the, the fucking shallow grave cemetery <laughs> on top of that sandy lookout. Yeah, no shit. Where he's like, got another one. Those were big-ass binoculars. You're not but, looking at the water that much. But I think that... Those are hunting binoculars.
1: I think that by accepting those caged, <laughs> accepting those caged birds yeah. that are not from the bay, yeah. by accepting this gift and oh. saying, okay, you are using these birds as a, a joke... You're not taking nature seriously, or at their word. You're not
0: taking love seriously. You're
1: not taking love. You're not taking anything seriously. Or these two are
0: lovebirds themselves, caught in a cruel cage of society and sexual gender. Absolutely,
1: Mitch accepting that present causes this entire thing. Enjoy that. Enjoy that film, students.
0: Mitch's extra pheromones and shallow graves caused this apocalypse.
1: By the way. I will say this is easily <laughs> one of my. Uh, this is let's see. This is 1963. I think this happens after after Psycho or before Psycho. Oh, I this was remember. after. Was this after? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So we've done Psycho on the show before. We've talked mm-hmm. a lot about like the ending of Psycho is very specific, and it's you know it's one of those things where director of film- 62 films. Holy shit. In f- in film school, the ending of Psycho catches a lot of shit because they have to explain what is wrong with uh, Norman. Okay, now, so here...
0: Let, just so we can clear this up before you finish, right? He went Vertigo, North uh-huh. by Northwest, Psycho, The Psycho, Birds. Yeah. And then, yeah, Marianne. Marnie? Marnie. Marnie
1: Mar- Mar- right Marnie. after you. Okay, cool. Torn Curtain,
0: Topaz, Frenzy, Family Plot. Family
1: Plot. Okay, cool. So, yeah. So... This comes right after Psycho. So yep. Psycho's ending is there's a lot huge explanation as to like what happened with Norman. Mm-hmm. So the reason they had to do that was in the sixties. People did not know what psychoanalysts psychoanalyst analyst there no Yeah, There's nothing that we had to actually like there's nothing that we were able to do to like actually explain it. So
0: we didn't have like a huge true crime industry
1: like we do now. (laughs) Right. Exactly. There's no podcast to tell us what was going on. So Norman Bates's condition was so foreign, Mm. so bizarre. Yeah. What I love about the birds ending particularly is that there's nothing like that. It is like, that's, like, for me, that's, like, Hitchcock saying, like, I finally got the ending I wanted. Like, originally, he didn't even want to add a, like, the end title card. He just wanted to fucking end the way it ends, which is Tippy, Hedren, which is, like, Melanie, Mitch, Kathy, and Lydia, the mother, all walking out to the car while this just, like, thousands of birds sitting on their property, like, as they yeah. walk to the car, which is fucking terrifying. Another amazing, yeah. like, piece of just tension building.
0: That final image, like... To me, that's one of those you're like, oh, I'd hang that on a wall in my house. Oh,
1: hell yeah. It's like incredible. that shot
0: of just birds fucking everywhere. The car rolling down. Absolutely the birds amazing. are sitting there like a blanket. This isn't over. You mm-hmm. can't escape this. You might drive down there, but there's probably birds there's over still there nature. waiting. There's still yeah.
1: nature waiting for you.
0: And again, because of all this shit that we've watched, right? <laughs> the omnipresence of these birds, these people falling apart, right? The, the fraying of the human bonds. The birds don't even have to move at the end, right? We right. just hear these little sound. We watch this man cowering before birds, trying to roll his car out, trying to get people in. Shh, don't make sounds. Right. Right? All of these anticlimactic human things, right? Like, we're not fighting our way to the car. We're not revving the engine. We are running. Yeah. Right? Like the barn mouse or the it's, field mouse running from a fucking owl that it, we know up there and we can't see. We're all running. All you're
1: hearing is the birds rustling and the sound of the ocean. Which is supposed to be calming, and it's absolutely terrifying.
0: The world without us, that's what we're hearing. Yeah. Right? And, yeah, I don't – again, I I think the amount of tension and fear this movie creates is stunning. Because, again, I don't think anyone in their list of like, oh, God, some birds will get me. Like, we have geese out here. I'll never forget, we were at a store, and I was walking Hunter across the parking lot to go to the movies. And we have, like, these ferocious fucking geese here. Right, it's actually a local job you can get at the municipality. Here, is that someone will hire you and a dog to go be like goose chasers, right? So a business is like, "Hey, we got a cranky one today." You show up with your dog and you fucking run them off, right? Right, right. And yeah, we're walking and all of a sudden we just hear this, it's like this loud hiss. I was like, "What the fuck?" And this goose had made a nest right in the shrub on right by the front door to the movie theater. Right, we were going to see Rampage. Hunter was maybe three. And I go, oh, fuck. I, like, picked him up. And then all of a sudden behind us, it was like a fucking Living Dead movie. There's just these five <laughs> fucking other geese with their wings out walking across the parking lot at us. And I'm standing there with my kid, and I was like, let's go. Let's go. And I'm, like, screaming at these geese. And I'm like, I'm going to fucking Muay Thai kick you in your little fucking Gumby necks. I'm going to kill one of you and wear you his underwear and let the others know to fucking be afraid. Um, funny side story. This is a real story, too. Uh, we have this big walking path around our neighborhood, right? We go around the lakes and the ponds. Right. And there's all these geese and ducks that live here, right? So a lot of birds around. My house is just swarmed with birds that make nest everywhere. Well, on our walks in the last month, something has been murdering birds. Oh, and Jesus. so on our path, there's just been like four or five birds just eviscerated. Right. Guts everywhere, feathers like someone, and I was like, it's just a cat. Like some cat is mangling birds. Well, the other day there was a hawk out there just mangling. It's a pretty big bird, right? Like over a foot. And I was like, something is just eviscerating these things. I'm like, there's probably just like a fucking feral cat or, you know, something a little bigger that's hunting and killing these birds. Hunter got so scared. Him and Amy have been gathering sticks from this tree line by us. And Hunter's been taping rocks to them. (laughs) And so the other day I go out with coffee on my back porch and I see my mother-in-law running down the sidewalk it looks like she's rowing a canoe side to side and she's got one of these fucking duct tape rock spears and i go what the fuck is going on and she's like hunter's making us train for when the predator comes <laughs> so he thinks the birds are a sign that he has to make so yeah the delivery guy came today to bring me my fucking uh workout towels yep and uh we just have fucking spears and way. it looks like a lord of the front like flies prop shop on my front he's just like hey and like he wouldn't come on my porch to drop the box if i'm like just fucking throw it from there it's fine right. so hey man if it happens come to the casa de griff we got weapons we're not afraid we're chunky boys we'll fucking smash these fuckers together um and yeah just come in and bring me your 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 best gifts your your gifts to me and my
1: toxic masculinity <laughs> what a weird fucking movie it's such a weird movie it's so much fun it's so it funny is. like it's it's really characteristically funny yeah. i think um,
0: hitchcock had like a real dark sense of humor that's there i love that
1: yeah, for sure there's a very there's a very real movie. unsettling thing about the things that he finds funny yeah and they're very prevalent in the birds yeah
0: what a what a weird fucking just mix what a weird fucking chimera
1: of a film right
0: like doesn't make sense on a lot of levels i
1: absolutely love it
0: it really held up though great time that's it for the birds because we will defeat them with our awesome nature uh hopefully that's not if for uh you know just admirers just tracking us down just you know getting all of our data mining it right really finding out what you know the weird part about that is she should have brought a gift for mitch and not his kid's sister like, yeah. if you break in my house and leave gifts for my kids. Yeah. In when the you're future, trying to wrestle me, that's strange.
1: In the future, when they remake the bird, she's bringing him, like, a, a, a thumb drive full of Bitcoin or some shit. <laughs> that's.
0: There are two thumb drives. One is nudes. One are Bitcoins. <laughs> Choose your poison.
1: Choose your poison.
0: <laughs> yeah. Like, she's not, like, that's leaving, what like, the pets. here's a fifth of Jack, a box of Magnums. <laughs> you know, like. Most guys would be really into that. No, I'm just kidding. This is weird. This is a weird episode. That's it. All right, guys. That's not it uh, for Animal Attack Month. We still have Monkey Shines. Um, Ooh. Just what a... Someone just was like, that's a title that has to be a movie, and what resulted is just strange.
1: We've really programmed excited. the shit out of this month. I'm super This excited. month has
0: just been fucking awesome. Oh, so yeah. again, guys, great stuff over on our Patreon. Uh, So go over there. Patreon.com slash Phil Malcolm is pod... If you want to hear, the big delight this month was the feature-length commentary on Snakes on a Plane. Oh, my God. Chef's kiss, wonderful. So get on over to Patreon.com slash pod. Guys, even a dollar a month means the world to us. So thank you for your support, guys. You guys do so much to make us feel loved. Uh, So, yeah, thank you again, Patreon.com slash pod. Dollars, that's what we do. We want a flock of dollars, right, all over us. Yeah. Wee. Wee. Oh, i'll even take noises. that sound that's fine yeah uh make sure you leave the ratings and reviews wherever you find us subscribe to the youtube channel film alchemist email the show film alchemist pod at com. find us on all the socials you're on share the show there invite your friends to come and join us for these just Really deep and introspective scholarly
1: talks we've been having. Yeah, we're pretty scholarly, especially with comes we're to the. We're
0: pretty parents. fucking scholarly. That's all. We're also very <laughs> worthy of gifts. Our addresses are easy to find. No, I was kidding. Our wives. If you would break not into my break house, me. I'll kill you. I won't. I'll be stoked, but my wife and kids have homemade spears, so
1: watch you out. Go. My wife's all right. Guatemalan. She always says it's the reason she'll kill whoever breaks into the house.
0: Yeah, don't mess with uh, the Guatemalans. You'll learn a lesson you don't want to. Uh, neither here nor there for the film alchemist. I'm Josh Griffin.
1: I'm Alex Dandino. Ca-caw! Evil! Evil! Ca-caw! That's the actual bird sound. Just smart as hell. Both of us. <laughs>